0: Welcome to Virtual Student Experiences, where we inspire students to aspire. For more information, please check out our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the first VSC Bilingual Webinar. Today's session will be conducted in both English and Korean, and will focus on business. If you're new to our program, Virtual Student Experiences, or VSE, is a pro bono initiative spearheaded for students by students. And we at Virtual Student Student Experiences want to be the inspiration for aspiration. Our goal is to give students around the world an opportunity to hear from professionals in their career industry of interest in a friendly and casual setting. And if you're a student that knows what you want to do in the future, we at VSE want to encourage, allow, and connect with professionals. Through VSC, students are given the chance to decide if their career choice fits their personality, skills, and really overall interests. Through VSC, you'll be given a chance to hear from a wide variety of guests from a wide variety of seniority levels. And to find out more information and to sign up to be notified about other webinars, you can visit our website at www.virtualstudentexperiences.com. And before we get started, I just wanna let you all know how this is going to work. So firstly, I'm going to be asking our guest professional that I'll introduce in a second, a series of base knowledge questions so that you can get a good idea of who he is and what he does. To change the audio source of this webinar from Korean to English or English to Korean, you can click on the interpretive feature at the bottom of your screen. If at any time you have a question that you think of Feel free to post it in the Q&A module, and we will get to it in the later part of the webinar. We highly recommend that you ask questions during this webinar, because it's the opportunity to get an answer right here, right now, instead of reading about it later on the internet. And real quickly, just introducing our core team of volunteers. We have Beckett, Gabby, Jonathan, Coco, Audrey, and Tommy. And now our guest today, is Mr. Scott Koo. Mr. Scott Koo is an extremely seasoned executive career, has an extremely seasoned executive career which started at Purdue University where he received his bachelor's and master's degrees in computer science. He then studied at Hawaii Pacific University where he received another master's degree in information systems. He then landed a job as a systems analyst at Decision Research Corporation where he worked for a few years before moving to Microsoft. At Microsoft, Mr. Koo worked his way up to being a senior engineer manager before moving to a position at Samsung SDS, where he is now the president and CEO in the US. We are very happy to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us today, Mr. Koo. Oh, Mr. Koo, I think you're muted. Can you unmute?
1: I just unmute. okay, it's a pleasure to be here.
0: Just to start us off, can you tell us what business is to you and how you got into that field?
1: Uh, so so obviously, I major in computer science, so that was the uh, the field that I was really wanted to get in. Um, actually, my study starts actually, I, I applied Purdue as aerospace engineering, but uh, at the time I was a foreign student and uh, it was very difficult for me to get a job after I get a bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering so I switched my career over to computer science but that really uh, got me to uh, where I started the job at decision research. Um, I work as a system analysis and I think the computer especially in the software side of uh, business was changing the everyone's life day to day. So I I really wanted to get into a company where I could impact most of the lives, which is Microsoft. So I started my career at Microsoft. Uh, I I did touch many different products. Um, Probably you guys all know Microsoft Office is where I actually participated in the development team. Uh, We did I did participate in Visual Studio, which is a development tool, uh, Secret Server, and also Microsoft Search. I spent a lot of time is, uh, on the, on the uh, engineering side, and I decided to pursue in a business side of aspect. So uh, I got a really good opportunity from Samsung SDS. So I joined SDS as a vice president about 14 years ago. I worked in Korea, fortunately, for 10 years. And I dispatched to US for uh, leading and operating uh, American, I mean, North America operations. We spend um we do a lot of uh work in solution and service which is the software side of it for on enterprise uh, space so uh, i'm sure you guys don't yeah you know, you're not familiar with uh some of the offerings that we do but sap uh salesforce.com those are the companies really focus on enterprise space and we do the same uh, that's it for now
2: awesome
0: and then Looking at your education, can you tell us about maybe some of what your most important takeaways from that time were?
1: Education. Well, like most of Asian parents, like you know, my parents really got me into uh, you know education you know, from very early. Um, you know i had a tutor you know when i was you know in the third grade all the way to uh like intermediate school um but the interesting is uh my father uh didn't really tell me what i should do for a living um all they're telling me was he told me to get an education at least bachelor's or master's in 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 the field that i really like to pursue so that's what i did um and when i First got a job as a system analysis that's when he told me that now you're in the computer field or software field I should be really good at what I do and I should be very professional and I should be you know one of the top uh, programmer at the time software programmer in the world so that's when I decided well if I want to be a number one in that field I should work for number one software company so uh, I applied Microsoft and I was fortunate enough to get hired and that's, that's how I started. But the education is something that uh, gave me a good foundation. Uh, once you get a job, then uh, it's just a matter of how how you pursue your dream, you know, you have to understand what you like to do. Um, but I think education, especially when you go through college, you kind know, of teach, it, it taught me how to, uh, to follow you know, my passion, but also trying to you know, work really hard, passion of a lot of different things. So I think those are something that I learned throughout the college year. And that actually I still cherish because I think that's, that got me where I am today. So hopefully that answers some of your questions.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. And just thinking about your college experience and what classes you took, do you have any suggestions as to what classes students right now should be taking? Um,
1: I don't know if uh, some of the students here, listening here, um, uh, if they they wanna major in computer science, uh, I think they really, really need to think get over it over because it's not an easy field, but everyone has a different, you know, potential and they have different skill sets. Um, I, I, I thought computer science was something that is very artistic, because I was really good at art. Actually, I got a four-year scholarship, four-year scholarship from art school in Boston, but then um, my parents thought that, you know, I, I don't think I will make a living <laughs> having an art major, so uh, I got into aerospace engineering and then, you know, because of personal reason i changed the computer science there wasn't many choices but i was really good at mathematics so i looked at what i really good at and you know, mathematics science those are the field that i really liked it, uh, i liked when i was in high school and you know, all my years so that's what i did um, i think one of the things like you know i think every major you know, there's a prerequisite you have to take certain classes uh, one thing i could tell you is i never about changing my career I, I studied once I changed to computer science that's what I did I got my master's and for last 25-30 years that's the field that I was in well I did go from uh, engineering background to now business so I don't do any programming but um, that's the field that I, I'm, I'm very comfortable and that's where I am but when I first took my computer science class the lab Actually, I flunked it. I didn't do well. So um, I thought, well maybe I didn't maybe I don't have a skill. I don't think I'm good enough for uh, being a computer scientist. So I asked my lab assistant that happens to be a graduate student that you know maybe I'm going to change consider changing a major. And actually she told me that um, she flunked the same lab uh, five years ago. now she's a graduate student in Computer science at Purdue. so I said, I'll try one more time. So then, you know, uh, I went to graduate school and now here I am. So it's, you know, if if you're pursuing business or, or medical field or computer science, whatever, I think you should look at what you're really good at um, and then try, you know, give your second chance. Because uh, yeah, I, I didn't do really well because I haven't took any computer science class when I was in high school. I never owned computer when I was in PC when I was in high school. But uh, so it took me some time to understand uh, the computer and the programming, but once I got to know it, then uh, I could excel. So uh, a lot of students, my recommendation is if you think you like the feel and you think you're really good at it, then uh, you you might not do well at the first time, but you might want to try to give a second chance. That's what I did.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much for that inspiration. And just thinking about your experiences in terms of your job experiences um, at Microsoft, can you tell us about your time as the senior software engineer manager and what your responsibilities were in that position?
1: Mm, okay, Microsoft is a big company. Um, I joined in 1995 when Windows 95 was just launched. Um, back then it was still a small company, it was under 10,000. I think Microsoft now has over probably 120 or 150,000 employees uh, globally. But at that time, I think it was about 6,000 or 8,000 employees. Uh, there are very few Korean uh, employees working at Microsoft. Um, I think um, what I do was um, uh, uh, one of my mentors um, told me that when you try to do something you, you have to be very philosophical like you have to ask why you want to do that and also uh, my mentor told me you need to connect the dot each dot represents maybe one time of your milestone so when I Doing Microsoft, I had, I thought about what I want to be in five years or what I want to be in 10 years. And I had a, this dream. I say, well, I want to be um, maybe CEO one day. I want to be executive one day. And what can I do? So if I, if I do programming for the rest of my life, then I'll be just programming for the rest of my life. But I, I have one dot which represents like a one position career, one of the career in Microsoft, and one position would be engineering manager, and one dot would be something. I I try to connect the dots. So first thing what I do is um, I ask uh, Microsoft, I wanna work for support center, support center where if there's a Microsoft has a problem, it's enterprise uh, software. So when the company uh, has issues with the Microsoft program, they they dial into the support center prepaid, and we engage the customer and try to, you know, try to understand how customers are using Microsoft program or software. So that's what I say, I'm gonna spend maybe two years trying to understand the support environment. And then I went over to testing uh, department uh, where I spend you know, days and nights trying to test the product, make sure that the product has no bug when it released uh, to the market. So I spent two, three years there. And then I went to lab manager and then engine manager. Once I went through the whole thing, I feel like I think I understand the overall kind of business flow at Microsoft. So I, you know one time I, I had a lunch with uh, one of my colleagues. He used to be a uh, uh, managing director at uh, Oracle. And he said, hey, Scott, how come you don't really switch jobs? Because I stayed at Microsoft for over 10 years. And you know, for the past 10 years, it hit to like four or five different jobs. I said, well, because I want to retire at Microsoft, right? And he says, but at least you should look around just to see, you know, what's your value? I mean, how, how much is your value to the company? So I said, oh, okay, maybe I'll try that. Maybe I'm not making enough money here. Maybe I, I, I'm worth more than, you know, what I'm getting paid. So just for curiosity, I, I applied for Amazon and I got a job. Um, and then the offer was amazing; like it was really, really good. So, I told my uh, boss that like I don't want to go to Amazon. I stay. I want to stay at Microsoft because this is where I really want to work. And and then they matched me. So I was happy for two, three years. But I I wanted to pursue in you know, a uh, business side of things. So uh, when Samsung offered me uh, a job and offered me to work in Korea, I thought. That would be a very good opportunity for me to work in Korea, try to understand the culture. Um, or so, I said, okay, I worked there for two years, but then I ended up working there for ten years, and I came back here. So that's how uh, I ended up. But uh, I try to connect the dots, and uh, I think I, I, I think I connected that enough so that now that. You know, I could see what it looks like. You know, sometimes you know, when you are young, you connect the dots like with the numbers, and sometimes it, it, you know, it ended up dragon, and it could be ended up as a flower or whatever. So, you need to kind of vision what you're trying to draw, and then try to have this dots to come up with something. Do you want to draw a dragon or you want to draw uh, a flower? And for me, I'm trying to I envision something that is going to be something right? It's uh, uh, something that I wanted to be pursuing the next world what I'll be after 20 years. And, and I'm, I I think I'm very close to that if I retire. And uh, once I do it, then uh, I'm going to try to do something really I really like to do as a hobby.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for that really nice visual of connecting the dots. Um, At this time, I'll pass it off to my partner, Audrey, who is going to be asking some Questions in Korean and for students feel free to select whichever audio channel you prefer to hear But for this next segment, the Korean will be English and English will be in Korean. All right. Thank you
2: Hello. From now on I will be asking questions in Korean the first question being What kind of responsibilities do you have as the CEO of Samsung SDS U.S.? In Samsung SDS America, there are about 1,200 employees. America, Mexico, and Canada, we have different works here. Con- um, concerning solutions, ITO, B2B, etc. But my biggest responsibility as the CEO is definitely being responsible for a company in general in order that our company can be efficient in making money because we need to make profit. Because even if we make a lot of money, if there's no net profit, then we will go bankrupt also that our company does not do anything illegal and that our employees will be able to have a good environment for effective working. The most important thing is that, how are we contributing to society and how is it that we'll be able to do a lot of good work in America in general? creating a very workable environment for our employees. I see. Um, You have shared with your responsibilities for a CEO. But what do you think, what kind of influences do you think that you have on others? What responsibilities do you have? There are things like responsibilities and accountabilities And for every employee there, they have their own part, and they have their own responsibilities. But for a CEO, there's no one above me. And so I need to be responsible for everyone who's working under me. And I have said earlier, we really want to be able to make a workable environment every day when we are going to work, from 70 to 80% I would think that my responsibility would be my employees. How can I make it so that they will be able to work more casually and more comfortably? How can I coach them? them? And other 20 to 30% of my work is basically um, drafting in a lot of good, diligent workers, people who are fit for the job interviewing a lot of candidates so that we have really hard-working
1: employees. When you
2: interview people, what do you want to do five years later, ten years later? There are some people who are hard-working and when i choose employees rather than hardworking people i hire competent people but what's more important is even if they are not very competent now if they have a very clear vision and a very clear goal set i want to be something five years later ten years later in order that they have a very planned future I believe that they are a lot more stable and they have potential for progress and improvement. And that definitely equates to your company itself being able to progress. And a new employee will probably work for six six months, um, manager for for a year or two years in advance, but the CEO needs to have a vision for 10, 20 years in advance. I have to make a blueprint so i definitely have to have those kinds of skill sets what are the top three skill sets that you think that you need and what kind of skill sets do you think it is important for the students to have as well like i said earlier i to me employees are really important and i have worked for about almost 30 years. And from this experience, I have learned three things. First being that people people can greatly differ depending on what kind of environment they live in. So if they go to a very noisy, loud place, you're gonna you're gonna have a very, you're gonna become really verbal, and you're gonna raise your volume. And so the kind of environment you work in makes the person you are. And therefore I find that the environment of the company is really important. So I think that's a really b- important skill to make that environment. Second skill set being that you need to be able to judge people, be discerning of people, which is not an easy thing at all. But when I'm interviewing like new employees, and I have to um, hire people for the executive board, etc. I have to interview them for 30 minutes, an hour. And I, but I try my best to not hire anyone unless it seems like they are smarter than I am. The reason being that this person is able to contribute something to my company that this person is better at doing than I am. For example, they're better at speaking English or Korean, or they're really good at programming, et cetera. So in whatever skill set that I am hiring for, they need to be really good at that, better than I am. The third thing being that when I do hire them, tell my employees, your capabilities need to always be assessed.
1: And I learned this from
2: my mentor, who was my homeroom teacher. He had told me that when his own child was a fifth grader, Korean parents and Asian parents, they all think that their own child is a genius. And so my classroom teacher, was teaching his own child sixth grade, seventh grade level education when he was in fifth grade, and so if that child actually had sixth to seventh grade capabilities, he would be able to keep up. But if he does not have those capabilities and his capabilities only at the fourth grade level, then he will have he will likely fall behind. So the point being that if your age is at the fifth grade. But you have the capability of a fourth grader, or contr- contrarily, you have the level of a sixth or seventh grade student, because you need to teach each employee at the level and at the, and you have to give them responsibilities and duties that fit their capability. And what I usually do is for 60% of their work, I give them things that they're used to doing, things that they're good at doing, and 40% being new and challenging work because there needs to be a certain level and amount of newness and challenges. Otherwise, it will, it will just be overwhelming for them. So you need to have that kind of well-balanced work, duties, responsibilities. And when you have achieved this balance, they will have, they will find interest in the work that they were doing and do it with great fun. The next question is, in your work as you had, as you yourself had mentors, what is the important, what is the importance of having a mentor and how did mentors help you? Until now, I've learned a lot from my mentors. But I believe that a mentor, you you kind of don't really um, manifest yourself as, here, I'm your mentor. But it just happens naturally in your workplace where, oh, this person is someone I can respect. I want to dress like this person. I want to speak like this person, basically like a role model. It just happens naturally. And you just find someone that you, you find yourself um, replicating, and and they will at times have like catchphrases, and they stick in your mind. And one of the things I said earlier was, hire people who are smarter than you. But this is actually really hard because the workplace is a basically a competition. So if you hire people smarter than you then they're going to try to get ahead of you. There's Everyone's going to be competitive in this workplace. But on the other hand, if you are a good manager to the people under you, then you will, in turn, learn from the people who are better at certain skills than you. And so how this ties in is that you have to find people that can inspire you. and you have to find someone who you find oh I want to be coached by this person. I want to learn from this person. So it's not just a one-time conversation that you have with your mentor, but you might want to even have lunch dates with your mentor two two or three times a month and just converse about the problems or issues that you might face in work. But this is something that my mentor also taught me, but it is always best to have a one-on-one mentoring once a week or once a month do not talk about only business but talk about anything that you would want anything that comes to your mind because if you want to know if this person's capabilities is fourth fifth sixth grade level you need to be able to have a gauge of this capability by talking to them a lot Oh, this person likes to talk about this this person likes this person has potential for this they have potential for 10th grade level but right now they're at the fourth grade level therefore i will give this person a fifth grade level work so that this person has room to grow there needs to be a lot of cooperation and collaboration with your mentor and yourself and you need to look forward one or two years and make goals as well (laughs) among our students um, how would we ourselves find a good mentor i think that's a very difficult question you don't really find a mentor because you want to personally when i was in high school i had a mentor then as well And this person, she was, my teacher was an architect teacher, but this teacher never told me to study, but she always told me, go play, go have fun, go out with your friends, play games with your friends, and just enjoy your youth. And I wondered, why does my teacher not tell me to study? Why am I being advised to play a lot? and the reason was that i would not be able to do so in the future and as she had t- told me this advice i was asked what kind of major do you want to choose where do you want to go to university and because i had a good relationship with this person oh this person i know that this person cares for me this person is genuine for me this person is a friend to me and because i had this foundational bond, I was able to open up my heart and talk about my future, talk about my dreams. I want to draw in the future. I want to go into art. And my teacher recommended universities to me. And in the end, I didn't end up going to the place that I was a recommended to. And I did not study what I was recommended, but having a mentor in itself was very helpful. But you can't really choose to have a mentor. Likewise, you can't predetermine or predecide, I'm going to be friends with that person, and then become friends with that person. It just is a natural series of events. Just as you slowly become friends with someone, you slowly are going to be able to gain a mentor. And one day, you'll find yourself learning a lot from this person. But in order that you'd be able to learn a lot, you'll have to converse a lot with them. Thank you for your remarks. My last question regarding networking. What is the importance of networking? And what is effective networking?
1: Networking, I think it's
2: different based on you are based on personality my personality is not very social i don't go out to meet a lot of people for example if i were at a party i'm not the kind of person to go and talk to people i don't know I usually am just quietly to the side but when i am doing business it's kind of unavoidable i need to force myself to engage others. So at first, it was really difficult for me. Networking was definitely a big hurdle that I had to overcome. And I had, I myself had multiple mentors, but one of them, um, this person's, this person was into business and was a salesperson. But networking in that field is kind of an art he was saying it's not something that you can just do overnight and when someone sings there's some people who are better at at pop singing pop songs or opera or jazz etc just as everyone has different skill sets even in the same field of singing likewise in the realm of sales everyone has different skills and everyone personalities and so i made my own style of networking based on my personality and i found a comfortable way for myself to network with others so i even bought a lot of books concerning how to become a good salesperson how to network how to run a business but no matter how much i read you can't learn to read you can't learn to ride a bicycle by reading a book about bicycles. You need to try. So basically, I just had to push myself. And eventually, I found interest in networking. And rather than um, a salesperson, I, I was an engineer specialist. And so I needed to gain the trust of people in my field. I will, I'm not someone who sells products like my mentor was, but rather I needed to introduce different kinds of um, products and their functions.
1: a business, if you give one person, but if you give one person, you give one person, then if you give one person, then if you give one person, then if you give win 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 네트워킹도 똑같아요. 어, uh, 저는 지금 uh, 제가 이제 고급장에 멤버십을 가지고 있는데 그 고급장의 회원권을 가지고 있는 이유도 거기 가면 멤버가 한200 몇십 명이 되는데 되게 다양해요. 어, uh, 어떤 사람은 의사들이 많고 또 변호사들도 있고 그리고 제가 뉴욕 맨해튼에서 사는데 여기에 월스트리트에서 파이낸셜한 사람지고 IT 쪽 되게 많은데
2: 파이낸싱 It's very helpful for me to know all these people. Eventually, they're going to be a help to me. So networking is important, but
1: networking
2: is not something where you're always having to sell something to someone. It's not always the kind of mindset. I'm going to gain something from this person. I'm going to buy something from this person. But it's better to have a personal relationship. It's better to have. a a bond and a friendship with this person so that later when you do business or you need somebody's help, it's a lot more easier and it's a lot more casual to reach your hand out to this person and ask for help. If it's a very purely business relationship, it's not going to be a lasting relationship. And rather than having a hundred networking relationships, um, it's better to have 10 true business, but also friendship relationships where you can also invite them over to your family's house to have a meal together and where your children can meet together and play together.
1: (laughs) And this kind
2: of networking will not break. And this person will even introduce to other people. So I think that's a really good pro of having good networks. And like I said earlier, um, the whole point being, you need to connect the dots. Um, it's best to approach this in the big picture. Looking into the future, I want to have a long time, a lifelong friendship with this person. um It's not—it's not, it's not going to end with just a one-time win. And so, it's—it's it's directly correlated to how you're going to live life. So, <speaking in the language> Uh, Thank you Mr. Koo again so much for your wise words and advice. Now I'll be handing it over to Buddy to ask the final question and conclude the interview.
0: Thank you so much Audrey. Um, And thank you so much Mr. Koo for answering those questions in Korean. Just to close us off, can you, do you have any words of inspiration or closing words that you would like to share with students?
1: Oh, I think I already share all my (laughs) good words. Um, I think, you know, when I saw if I sum it up, like, you know, um, there are many things I mean, I have, you know, I'm very lucky, in a way, lucky. And someone told me I'm an obvious golf player. I've been playing golf for many years. But yeah, even if I play on the same course over and over again, maybe you guys don't understand you guys don't play golf much but you know even the same course depends where the ball lands like it's an entirely different game so life is all about to me it's a playing golf my father told me my life he says it's like golf It's you know sometimes. Ball can land in the, right behind the tree. Sometimes it could be on the sand or whatever. It's just a lot of times you could go through the tough life. But if you set a goal, which is going four, and try to put on par on the next hole, that's what you know life is all about. So you know, I talked about connecting your dot. Try to envision what you're trying to be, in like five to ten years from now. And the thing is, someone asked me, "Well." If you set a vision, if you set something, and what if you can't accomplish, or what if you don't like it along the way, right, the thing is, vision can change all the time, right, you try, but you need to manage yourself and trying to do it. And someone says, oh, so how can I find out what major I should be, you know, in, you know, know, should I become, you know, should I be computer science or should I be major in economics or should I be a pre-med student? It's it's very difficult. Even my kids, they're both in college and they ask me the same question and it's very hard. But um, what I did was, you know, everybody's different. So maybe you guys can take my advice or maybe, you know, you just, you know, it could be something else. But, you know, I looked at, you know, one of the toughest things is you need to really be transparent with yourself. You should be very honest and try to figure out what you're really good at. It's not what do you like, but what are you really good at? Because it, I, I have a personality where if I like math and over time, um, I mean, if I'm good at math, then over time, I like math. I have become liking the math, right? So uh, I have to understand what I'm really good at and try to frame that and then try to look at what I'm going to be five to ten years from now if I'm good at these type of things that I like to do. And I say, okay, then this is where I'm going to what I need to do to uh, uh, what I need to prepare and what I need to do in the next year and next, next year to achieve that goal. And sometimes you might, you know, you know, do different thing at different time, but as long as uh, you have this vision and think about, okay, this is what I'm going to be in you know, the five to 10 years from now, then you ended up becoming that person or well, at least you're going to be uh, improved every year. Like you're going to be a very different person, better person every year. So I think one of the things, I mean, high school, you know, I think you guys should enjoy it because you, you don't, you, I mean, time is the sense Like you can't go back to high school year. Uh, I mean, I wish I could go, uh, maybe I don't want to go back to high school, but <laughs> but it's, it's a four year that lifetime long journey. That's when you try to uh, explore and tried a lot of different things, right? Um, and then college goes really fast. So you have only four years in college, maybe five. And if you don't set your career right there, then you, know, you might have some hurdles, but you know, life is a long journey in a way, and you could frame it in many different ways. I, I was very lucky. I was very lucky that um, I never changed my field once I get into uh, uh, computer uh, science. Uh, some of my friends they switch major a couple of times they changed their career uh, a few times in their career but the thing is what you wanted to be five years from now is very important because so it doesn't matter what you do now and it doesn't matter if you change your career a couple of times in life as long as you have a dream and you have a, a, a vision then I think that makes uh, who you are so um, that's, that's the, uh, that applies to everyone, not just for um, students like you guys, but also to employees. I, I, a lot of times I tell my employees during one-on-ones, what are you gonna do? Like if, if you don't know what you're gonna do, then how can you enjoy your life? And if you don't enjoy your life, then how can you enjoy working at any company like you know, Samsung or whatever the company where you don't work. So I think try to be positive and try to make a lot of friends and, and try to have a mentor. Someone can uh, coach you, guide you. It's different from your parents. Sometimes parents could be a good coach, uh, but a lot of times <laughs> they're not. So you might want to kind of look at it in a different perspective, but uh, that, that's what I can say. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a long journey and you just have to go with your you yourself and try to uh, maneuver. You know, Sometimes, It's like a navigation, I tell uh, my employees. You set it to destination A, sometimes you misstep and you went to wrong route, but it's going to end up going there. It might take a few more minutes uh, or uh, whatever, but uh, as long as uh, you have the destination, um, and also you could change your destination if you like. I mean, that's what they call, typical now they call it Azure approach, right? You can change it whenever, because you don't want to start with uh, one destination. Sometimes, uh, that's not what you want right so you could quickly change it but be happy and um uh, as long as uh, you have a vision then you will be happy without a vision then i don't know like i never uh, there's a maybe two three times in my life i was in depression because i woke up uh, and then wow you know i don't know what to do i don't know what i'm going to do today And, and that's very depressing for me right because I think I achieved what I really like to do five years ago. I achieved. Well, so you have to continue to figure out okay, now I, I think I accomplished what I visioned five years ago. Now, what I'm going to do next, right? You always have to have what's next. Otherwise, uh, it's, going be, it's going to be a very tough journey for you. So, hopefully, I don't know, um, hopefully, um, I'm sure you guys can do much better than uh, when I was in high school. because It's very different now, right? like um, the computers are uh, in every school and every home. When I was in high school, I didn't have a computer. There was only a small number of computers in the lab in the high school, but it's, things are very different now. So you guys have many, many different opportunities. So uh, I hope uh, you guys can enjoy, uh, while you can and uh, enjoy your
0: life and shoot for the star. Thank you okay. so much um, and okay. just yeah thank you so much for answering our questions here at BSC. Um, and I think we have a little bit of time left for questions that students have been asking over the course of the webinar, so I know we don't have time for all of them, but we will at least ask the, the most popular ones, um, first oh, of which is what were the most memorable projects that you worked on while you were at Microsoft.
1: Oh. There's so many, Um, I think, um, oh, (laughs) I I remember. Um, So um, we shipped um, Visual Studio, uh, Visual Studio 6.0. Visual Studio is a a computer programming um, tool um, that Microsoft developed, so there, uh, and so we did that, and we spent probably two years working, you know, days and nights, and even weekends. And when we uh, shipped it, um, we have a ship party, right? Um, and there's a small lake in front of my office. And Microsoft employees, they all have their own office, like it was very fortunate. And I was sitting right in front of this small lake, and it's called uh, Bill Gates Lake. Yeah. So. Uh, and uh, uh, during the ship party, we all jump into the lake, and uh, <laughs> you go wow and crazy. And that was uh, that was the uh, very. I think all the projects are very memorable, but that was something that uh, I, I cherish. because that was a, one very first project that I went put and participated the whole product lifecycle for two years, from end to end, and uh, so that was uh,
0: very memorable for me. That that sounds really really exciting, mm-hmm. um, and then the second question from the students: Where do you derive the motivation to continue leading, innovating, and working with pride?
1: Ah, okay. Um, that's I don't know. It's not something that like I learn from. Maybe I do. Like my um, you know when I, I'm the youngest, I have two older sisters, and uh, my, you know. My mother and my older sister—they always tell me uh, about good things. Like, oh, you—you you, you know, even if I do something, you know, if I won a contest, you know, in a drawing contest, and you know, they say they think that I'm the best in the world, and they give me all this prize. So I always think that I was the smartest person. Well, uh, that's not true, but um, they gave me uh, something to pride. Uh, proof, so I was trying to uh, figure out, I don't know, what's the word, um, ego, or there's something that like um, my father told me, he says, uh, you need to, you need to uh, uh, set a goal and, and try to achieve, and, and that's,
0: that's,
1: that's something that I, I think I had to learn uh, to uh, live with. So you know golf i'm going back to golf again or any sports right i think the the one thing that you need to do is you have other players that you need to compete with but i think the biggest uh, competitor is yourself if you can control yourself and if you can uh, um, try to uh, manage yourself then it's very difficult so um for me i think that's what i did I, i try to motivate try to challenge myself right to become better person each day and that makes me happy because uh, that makes me who i am and uh, i think that's uh, uh, that's the reason why i live i think a lot of people does that too and also because i do that i get a lot of respect from others and 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 um i think i could contribute more to the society and also the company and people around me right so uh, I think that that uh, motivates me and, and that's the reason why I motivate myself. <laughs> but everybody's different. so Yeah, sure. I don't know. <laughs>
0: um, and then I guess another question sort of about mindset. How does your mindset play into the decision you make in your day-to-day job?
1: Mm. Someone said that everybody makes a decision about three to four times a day. Mm. I mean, three mm. to four times thousand times a day. Like you, you know, when you wake up, you have to decide, I'm gonna wake up at six o'clock or six fifteen. And then when alarm goes off, then you snooze it. And that's another decision making. So every day you're making several thousand times of decisions each day. I think um it's um you know when I make a decision I don't know maybe more than half uh I make a decision based on the experience, so with the facts. So I was trying to figure out uh, um, what was the logic? What where's the rationale? Why do I have to do it? But rest, maybe 30% is intuition, right? But so uh, once you have you know, five years, 10 years, even 30 years of working experience, then, then you have 30 years of experience, which is your knowledge. So that's where you get this intuitions. And then 67% is almost most likely you're trying to figure out, oh, why do I need to, you know, when I make a decision, uh, how, it, what's the pros and cons and, you know, where does this data coming from? So you need to do some uh, thick findings because, you know, if I make a mistake, then I don't have anybody to blame to. I don't report to anybody here in the United States. So I have to take a response for all the actions that I'm making. So, uh first you know i, I you know, you could get very nervous because sometimes if you make a wrong mistake then you lose you know tens of millions of dollars but sometimes you make a wrong decision then you know your your company can go bankrupt so there's a lot of mistakes you don't want to make so what, what i do is i'm making a decision based on i have a 12 people who is reporting to me as a staff i have other people but they're the staff and uh, we do staff meeting every morning. Uh, and that's where we do a lot of meetings, a lot of discussions. And based on the discussions, I collect those data and thoughts, their thoughts, and I make the final decision. So it's not just my decision. I collect data from all these individuals who have 20 plus years of experience, plus my experience. And there are some caveat, which is uh, intuitions. And, and a lot of times, we're making a pretty good decisions
0: on that awesome and then this next question is in korean so i'm going to pass it off to audrey to ask that
2: okay next question is do you yourself acknowledge your own flaws or your imperfections in terms of business I don't find myself to be perfect, but I think that's what makes life fun. Because if you are perfect, if you find yourself to be perfect, then that's a really dull life. If you eat steak every single day, then for one or two days it might be great, but for 30 days it's going to be disgusting and so everybody needs to have flaws and everybody needs to have room to grow in order that you can also have something like ambition you can also have a sense of accomplishment you've achieved something greater than your current ability and there that's also growth in your career um upgrade in the level of work that you do If I were to retire from Microsoft, and back then I was in my late 30s, if I had retired, I would have had nothing else to do for all my life. People aspire to be perfect, but it's very sad to already be perfect or think yourself to be already perfect. And in order to be perfect, you need to know what your imperfections are. And so you need to be really... um, good at analyzing yourself. Another lesson that I learned from one of my mentors was that not everyone cannot be good at everything. And so you you can't despair at the fact that you were not good at a certain thing. Just don't do it. If you're not good at cooking, just spend your money to buy food. You don't need to be good at cooking. There are a few things that you should be good at. And that's what your pride is. When your pride is hurt, the reason why it's hurt is because you have not achieved the level that you want as something that you are good at. Although I'm not good at everything over others, but in the one or two things that you do think that you're better than others, but when somebody um, offends this pride of yours, it's because um, it has to do with the thing that you're good at And so for pride, your pride can be in singing, it can be in math, it can be in
1: cooking
2: But it's good to know what you're good at, even though you're not perfect. 네, yep,
0: thank you so much. And then just to close us off, our final question will be, uh, what methods do you use to assess your executives?
1: <laughs> wow, okay. A, in a way, it's a, somewhat simple in a way, and sometimes it's very sophisticated, but every executive has their own KPIs. <laughs> and and uh, a lot of times the people said that that's one of the things I learned when I was at Microsoft. The KPIs means um, you have your very objectives, right? You, things that you need to accomplish within six months or a year. Uh, mostly it's a, it's a year for executives and every KPI, there's a, you know, we have up to like 10 items in the KPI and which make up 100 points every keeper has to be measurable. If it's not me- it can be measured, then, that, then you cannot set a goal. So everything has to be measurable. So uh, the, the executive has a 50%, uh, it goes with the obviously number So we, we have to make profit. So there's a revenue profit and then the rest are, how are you gonna make that profit, right? It's, a, it's a, how you do it, it's a quality of your work. So uh, sometimes you say, okay, I'm gonna go into new business Um, sometimes you say oh I want to get into telecom or whatever so you make up that KPIs and that's how you do it the rest of other uh, percentage is based on 360 uh, degree review so you have uh, employees who is working for them then you do a random survey to measure um, the executives uh, you know, right range, like their personality, their leadership, you know, their interpersonal skill, a lot of different things. So they do that. They also um, do a survey for their co-workers and their uh, manager. So we have a 360 view of their leadership skills. Uh, and that actually uh, is a part of this um, um, their assessment. Uh, what you? That's pretty much it. So that up. so there's a leadership, uh, the personality, how they run the business and how they uh, 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 interact with the customer and then the KPI, something like that.
0: Thank you so much. (laughs) Yeah, that's really great. And I think we're just about time. So I just wanna thank you so much for answering Mm -hmm. our questions here at VC and these student questions that were thought of. I mean, the answers that you were able to provide us with here have been really helpful and inspirational. I'm sure that the students that were able to view our session today as well as the students that will view this later will be able to really learn a lot from what you're able to share with us here today. So I want to thank you so much for joining us.
1: Okay, thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. Bye-bye.
0: Bye-bye.